The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Church, and it's always lovely to be here, and I thank you for having me. A um, little bit of context I didn't talk about in the first service. Um, I'm married, obviously. I have four beautiful children. Um, I have three sons and a daughter, and my daughter is with me here this morning, Charlotte or Lottie, whatever you'd like to call her, but she's here with me, and she doesn't like, she's quite shy, but um, so she doesn't like me doing this, but nonetheless, she's here, and it's lovely to have her here, but we are in for an incredible morning together this morning. We had an amazing first service, but one thing I know about God is He is always wanting to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask, dream, think, or imagine. So this morning, church, let's believe that God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine in your life. And some of you are here and you're not just believing for yourself this morning. You are needing God to do miracles in the people around about your life. Do you know that um, God knows about everything that you've come to the service this morning seeking him for. God has heard your prayers for yourself, your life, and the lives of people around about you. Are you, are you not glad? Like, I am so glad that I serve a God who answers prayer. I'm so glad we serve a God that hears, who listens, and who understands. God is not absent. He is not aloof. He does not stand back. He is right with us wherever we're at. And um, I just want to encourage you this morning. I felt to do that this morning before we started, that God is wanting to help. And we just have to engage Him in our lives. And we engage Him through the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be spending a bit of time together in the Word of God about the Holy Spirit. But as I was sitting on the front row, and um, I shared a word with Pastor Hillary and Pastor Dash in the first service. And I'd like to share it again because I feel if there's anyone in a leadership role here, you need to hear this message. I feel the Lord is prophetically saying to you as a church that there's been a confinement and a restriction around you in terms of what you can do. And you felt that restriction and you felt that restriction as leaders. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to you to not look at the restriction around you and stay restricted in your planning and in your thinking. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying that beyond that restriction, it's almost like a, a, a funnel, that there's this wide open space that God is going to bring you into. So plan into the open space, not into the restrictions you feel. And um, if you're an elder, a leader, or a pastor, or whatever your role is here, I want you with whatever area you're leading, do not be contained by what you see. Be contained by what the faith vision is in your heart for what you're doing and what God's doing in and through this church. Does that make sense? Amen. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask, dream, 
think or imagine today. And we ask that you would come, great teacher. We ask that you come, great comforter, Holy Spirit. We do invite you to be here, to be very present and to work miracles in people's hearts, lives, minds, and in the people around about them. I pray that people, if, if people here don't know Jesus, Father, they would find your love and your peace here as they sit and listen to your teachings, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, there's a few key scriptures that I'm going to be speaking out of. So I'd love to read them with you. In Genesis 1, verses 1 to 5, it reads like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning and there was the first day. And then I want to take you through to Acts. Acts chapter 1. It reads like this in verse 26. Sorry, beg your pardon, in verse 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Do you know the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father to our lives? And to the church. He said, wait for the promise of the Father. He said, you have heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. God wants to baptize people today with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But listen, church, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Who loves the word of God? I love the word of God. It is the most, one of the most incredible things. It's so powerful. And the Holy Spirit never works outside of the Word of God. So if there's anything going on in your life or there's teaching that's happening in your life and it doesn't back up what the Word of God says, I can guarantee you the Holy Spirit's not there. It's boring, it's dead, it's religious. But if it backs the Word of God and it lines up with the truth of the, whole, of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit's all over it. Someone needs to hear that today. We have got to live our lives with the Word of God. We cannot live our lives separate. There is ideal, I'm, I don't know, but the Holy Spirit's on this, so I'm going to run with it. Idealism, intellectualism, ideology cannot carry the Holy Spirit. It cannot. The Word of God is the only thing that carries the Holy Spirit. Jesus was the flesh. He was the Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Holy Spirit's main mission is to make Jesus real to us. So if anything counteracts the word of God, the Holy Spirit is not going to back it. He will not come near it. He will hide himself from it. And friends, if you want to know and you want to gauge what the Holy Spirit is backing, this is one thing. You will sense and know the love of God. If you are around anything that the Holy Spirit is not backing, there'll be harshness, there'll be legalism, there'll be rules, there'll be regulations, and it will be catastrophic to your heart. 
But where the Holy Spirit is, the Bible says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Whenever you encounter the Holy Spirit, you encounter God's love. But anything else, He's not present. So I want to, I don't know what that is, but I really felt the Holy Spirit asked me to share about that today. University students, you must be careful. Because the enemy is after, he wants to create counterfeits. That's all he's ever done. He can never replicate the Word of God. He can never replicate the power of God. He can never replicate the Holy Spirit. But he wants to try because he wants to bring deception to the hearts of believers. And he will sound, make everything sound so grandiose. But I want to tell you, it's the Word of God that has the final say. It's the Word of God that will have the final say. So hold on to it. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it doesn't. You need to step it. You need to literally put it right out over here and leave it there and embrace the Word of God. Amen. Don't know what that was about, but we just got to move with the Holy Spirit because He's the one that builds the church. I pray it speaks to someone this morning. In Genesis 1 verse 26, we start to see that God begins to introduce the fact to us that he is not just one. We start to see that he introduces the fact to us that there is more than one of him. There is three, but there is one God in three persons. God, three, but yet one. He says, then God says in verse 26, he said, then God says, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. There was more than one person at creation. It was a, there was more than one. I believe there was three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in Isaiah, it says, again, the great prophet, who was the prophet that spoke of the coming of the Messiah. He was the messianic prophet. He says this, whom shall I send? This is what God said to him. Whom shall I send? God was presenting this question to Isaiah at the initiation of his ministry. He says, whom shall I send? And who will go for me? No, who will go for us? God throughout Scripture indicates the truth of God being one, yet three, the ongoing revelation of Scripture, and it's a beautiful ongoing revelation, is being given here in the Old Testament that there are three distinct persons in the Godhead, each of whom is God, but all beautifully distinct. It's the great mystery. It's the great mystery that we probably will never fully understand, but it is the great mystery for us on this side of eternity. God the Father... God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But the first dimension of the Godhead that we see in Scripture is actually the Holy Spirit. When it says in Genesis 1 that the Spirit of God brooded over the waters, and I know this morning that the Holy Spirit, being who He is, my, my great friend, the Holy Spirit, is brooding over this meeting. He is hovering here, and He is waiting for your invitation to engage him in your life. The one thing I know about the Holy Spirit is that he is gentle. He is kind. He is, he's forever gracious. He is a loving part of the Godhead. He is, he is tender. He will, never, he will never force himself upon his church, upon God's church. He will never force himself upon our lives. He always waits for the invitation. And today I know he waits for your invitation this morning. And I, I'd ask you to trust him. I ask you to trust the person of the Holy Spirit. I ask you to reach out to him with faith and confidence this morning as we journey through scripture. 
The Holy Spirit plays so many roles in our faith and in our Christian journey. The first one that I want to share with you is that the Holy Spirit revives and regenerates us. The Holy Spirit has limitless power and wisdom, yet He lives within us. Once we have accepted Christ as our personal Savior, this is the first infilling of the Spirit upon conversion. In John 3 verse 5, there are two, and we'll talk about that second one in a minute. John 3 verse 5, it says, Jesus was conversing with Nicodemus, and he said this, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who opens our minds and our hearts and imparts divine life, and he dwells and abides within us. Upon conversion, he enters our lives, bringing and breathing new life into our spiritual barrenness. Of all that the Holy Spirit does, I believe conversion and regeneration is the most precious and the most sacred. The Holy Spirit brings us power. In Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus promises the disciples that they would be clothed with power from on high. You and I cannot confine the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If we dare to invite the Holy Spirit to empower us and rest upon us, the Holy Spirit will operate through us to the same level of the early church and Jesus' ministry and more. I don't know about you, but I believe the greatest days of the church are yet ahead of us. You know, church, I don't believe we've seen anything yet. I, I really, truly don't. I believe we've seen something in part, but we have not seen anything yet. Now, I can't shake what I feel the Holy Spirit saying, so I'm just going to have to go with this for a second. Because when he keeps talking to me, I've got to go with it. It's been brewing in my heart on the front row, and it's, he's whispering the whole time I'm speaking to you. I need to share this. The Holy, I don't know whether you've got a youth pastor. Do you have a, You're going to get one. This is, in, is this in your heart? You need, yeah. I tell you what, you're going to get a youth pastor. God is after the young people of this city. There's a burning desire in the heart of God right now for youth in this city. And uh, I, the thing that keeps coming to my heart as I'm sitting on the front row is this, is I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men and your young women will dream dreams. Is that how it goes? Am I right, Lewis? Famous cricket player down the back there. Um, <laughs> so it's a little joke we had in the first service, isn't it, Pastor Dash and Pastor Hillary? Listen, there is a prophetic anointing that's upon this generation and the generations that are coming that is unbelievable. There is an anointing to create, to dream, to design, to transform the world in the way we know it. And the enemy is after these generations that are following because there is such an incredible anointing upon them. They are going to prophesy. Now, they are not going to prophesy, preach prophesy only. There'll be a few of them that will, but not all of them. Majority won't. Majority will prophesy in the arts, in design. A majority will prophesy in sporting achievements, but a majority will prophesy in engineering and medical breakthroughs. They will create things that have never been seen before. And they will create things because the anointing of the Holy Spirit is upon them. 
And it's a generation that has never been seen before. And I'm telling you, church, we have got to be ready for it. It will look different, it will sound different, and it will confront us. And we will not always understand it. But the Holy Spirit is preparing his church for the generations to come. I'm telling you what they're going to need. They're going to need fathers. They're going to need mothers. They're going to need people that that are disciples in the faith. Because they're going to struggle and they're going to have issues. They're going to have confronting things and demonic attacks against them that have been unseen before ever across the face of the earth because they're going to carry the heart of God that's going to bring the world back to him. And I want to encourage you as a church to pursue this that's in your heart, to set up a youth ministry in this area and in this place at this time. And if you're a young person and you are not walking with God, this is your time. You need to get on track with God. There is a issue, there, I'm, I don't know, I don't know why, I, I didn't even mention this in the first service, it wasn't there, but it's here now. You have got to stop dilly-dallying around with the Holy Spirit, because I'm telling you what, you think God needs you? Yeah, He needs you. But I'm telling you, there is a tide of young people that are going to serve Him so passionately, it's even going to make me nervous. The Holy Spirit spoke to me a while ago, and He said, stop praying for mediocrity, what you think is enough. He said, I want you to start to pray for a spirit of revival to fall upon this nation. Because when a spirit of revival falls upon our homes and upon our universities and upon our high schools, I'm telling you, friends, everything changes. And you can't and we will never control it. And I really believe that this is, there are people sitting under the sound of my voice and you have known the call of God to youth ministry. And you have laid it down. And the Holy Spirit is saying, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. I don't know who you are, but you know who you are, and I'm not going to pull you out because that wouldn't be right, but there is a weight, there is an urgency in the God's heart right now for the young people in this nation and across the nations of the earth. But I tell you, do not think that God has abandoned them. You would be wrong. God is very much at work and his presence and his spirit is very much at work. Now, if you're older like me, I'm a way beyond 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 28. But I tell you what, they're going to need us. So don't check out. Check in. Check in to what God's doing. Now, I don't know what God was doing there, but he's doing something. Yeah, he's doing something. He's doing something. Holy Spirit, we pray right now that whatever you've released into the spirit realm, whatever you've said, the unction, just something, you've sparked something here this morning. And I just pray, Father, that you would continue the momentum of what's going on right now in the spirit realm. Father, the Holy Spirit is resting. The Holy Spirit is moving upon people's lives. And God, you are building the church. And Holy Spirit, I make room for you now just to seal something in people's hearts, just to, to, to consolidate something right now upon young people's hearts. There are, people, there are young people in this room, and, and even not just young people, but people right across the board, and you have known the call of God, but you know that potentially you've done things and you've walked away from that. God says he is only one prayer away from rushing to your side. Just a whisper, and he's there just an utterance of help, he's there. Do not 
allow your mistakes to negate you from your future in God. Never, never allow your mistakes to negate you from your future in God. Amen. We love you, Holy Spirit. Come on, let's just praise Jesus. Come on, let's just clap and let's just thank Holy Spirit. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we love you. Okay, so the Holy Spirit brings us power. The Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. In 1 John 2, verse 27, He promises us that He will lead us into all truth. Not just part truth, but all truth. And of course, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He also says that in Romans 8, verse 14, He says, For all who are being led by the Spirit, are the sons of God. As we are led by the Holy Spirit, we are the sons of God. We can confidently ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. You know, we can confidently access the throne of God through His Holy Spirit. We can access, we can confidently access our right as sons and daughters of God. We have access to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We receive this through prayer and the Word of God and with each other. The Holy Spirit knows all things. He sees past, present, and future. Aren't you glad about that? We can trust Him. As Christians, we need to learn to discern and follow His voice and His subtle nudgings. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't always yell at us. I have never felt the Holy Spirit yell at me. I have felt Him, I know when He's not happy with me. And I value His presence more than anything in my life. And I know when he withdraws from me. And I know when he steps away. It's usually when I am not in unity with the people I need to be in unity with. Sometimes I'm in places and I feel the Holy Spirit warn me about things. I feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit about things or about situations. Or he will speak to me to give me wisdom. And I've learned to follow him. Friends, follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. It's not always lights and and action and all this kind of stuff. It's often just a gentle nudge. It's just a gentle word. It's just, and often he will speak to us through other people in the most random ways. And we need to be attentive to him and make room for him. The Holy Spirit breeds and brings, sorry, the Holy Spirit brings unity. He loves unity. In Acts 2 verses 1 to 14, we see the effects that the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit had upon the church. It says in verse 42, they continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. The Bible here is using an incredibly special and unique word. It's called koinonia. Koinonia. Koinonia is a beautiful word that means fellowship. It means partnership and it means a knitting together and a binding together. You know, anything that is talks about division or chaos, or anger, or division in churches does not have the Holy Spirit attached to it. If if you go down that road, you are detaching yourself from koinonia. Koinonia is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. It's what the Holy Spirit always brings with him. He brings with him koinonia. He brings together a knitting and a binding together. Koinonia cannot be artificially created. It is a supernatural thing. 
It is a supernatural gift and a component of who the Holy Spirit is. And we see this in Psalm where it says that where, the, where everyone is gathered together in unity, there God commands a blessing. It's like oil that falls upon the priests. Now the priests had a very high status in Israel's world. They were there to help Israel find God. But we don't need them anymore. We have Jesus. But what the psalmist was saying, it was like the oil that falls upon Aaron and went down through his bed and it covered his whole body. The, the unity brings the anointing. And we need to pursue that unity to carry and maintain the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit through koinonia. Is anyone else glad about the koinonia, the fellowship and the support that the local church bring them? This is why we're not made to live outside the local church. I just don't, you know, like I'm a big local church person because it's koinonia. It's the gathering, it's the fellowship it's one, it's building together under that order that God has, that leadership structure that God has from the head all the way down through to the lower parts of the garment. That's the unity that Jesus through the Holy Spirit brings. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor. In Psalm 3 verse 2, it says, I cried to the Lord and he healed me. In Romans 8 verse 26, it says, the Spirit comes to us and he helps us in, his we in our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer how to offer it as we should but the spirit himself intercedes on our behalf with signs and groanings too deep for words the holy spirit leads us in prayer wow we have such a privilege we are able through the holy spirit to pray the heart of god into every situation you know what i love about prayer is prayer is not just a moment it is a lifestyle you know, I, I, can, I can tell you that I, I love to walk and talk with the Holy Spirit. Like, I, I know he, I, I don't, like, I'm, I'm not trying to be weird, but I know he's with me. And there are times when I just need him and I can just talk to him so quickly. Like, he just, he, he just sh impresses things upon my heart. And when I think about my husband or I think about my children or I think about my church or I think about different churches that I'm working with with Alpha or I might think about a situation as we're pastoring and leading and I might think about something that's going on around the world or I, I think about, you know, just different situations. The Holy Spirit just will start to prompt me about the things I need to pray for and why I need to pray for them. If I can encourage you as a parent listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying about your children and pray that through and speak that through. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will ask you to share it with your child. But be a parent who prays and allows the Holy Spirit to pray things through for you. I, can, I know times where the Holy Spirit has laid things upon my heart for my children and I've rung them. And my son, one of my sons the other day was sobbing on his bed. I didn't know that. But the word, I had a word from him. I said, son, I've just got this word for you. I just feel the Holy Spirit is saying. And he goes, mom, you cannot believe the timing. I'm literally laying on my bed sobbing because of something that happened. You know, the Holy Spirit loves to pray and move through us. He's a creative. He's a designer. Artists, they are a little bit like that, right? You know, the creatives. But he's a prophet. He's a prophet in his generation. And he's creating stuff that is unbelievable. And I'm so proud of him. 
you know, we've got to protect our kids, protect our family, protect us ourselves and protect what's going on around us with prayer. He leads us and He directs us in prayer. Prayer is the engine room that the Holy Spirit is completely attached to. We need to keep building our lives in prayer so that we can have a deeper relationship with Him. And He will utter the heart of God in and through us. The Holy Spirit is our great comforter. Forrest Gump was right on the money when he said, life is definitely like a box of chocolates and you never know which one you're going to get. Isn't that true? Life is definitely a box of chocolates. Some chocolates are great, some are okay, and some are actually horrendous. And you'd like to spit them out, but it's too late. You have to swallow the chocolate. And we don't want to always swallow the chocolate, and it's tough. And sad things happen, and bad things happen to good people. And sometimes in life, we're just left wondering, why? But you know what? There is a God who is the great comforter who comes alongside us and walks with us in the journey of life. And then the, the same comfort that you've been comforted with, you are able to comfort others. You know, if you're going through a tough time in life, rejoice. Because there is a fresh anointing that is coming upon your life that you can never have outside of a tough time. I remember a great friend of mine in New Zealand, she said to me, Rachel, when we walk through tough times, we experience more of the Holy Spirit than what we ever could imagine. And we don't always know how much He's with us until we come out the other side. And when we come out the other side of our trial and our tribulation, we have more of who He is to give away. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you're walking through a fire and you're in the battle or you're going through a tough time or you're struggling with something or there's a a diagnosis that you've been given, keep walking with the Holy Spirit. Keep walking with God. Don't give up on God. Just keep going because when you come out the other side, you're going to have more of who He is and you'll experience more of the blessing and the favor of God. So the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father and he will send you another, the helper. Here they are, all three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He will send you another, the helper, the comforter. And this is who Jesus is to you today. The comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, to be with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. You cannot put the Holy Spirit, into a lot of the context that we find ourselves in our society. He's not understood by them, and he never will be, but he will always be revealed to them. The world cannot receive and take to its heart because it has not seen him or known him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you and continually will be in you. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus left when he ascended, but he left us with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes on many forms throughout Scripture. He is rain, and he pours himself over us. He is like a river, a powerful river, and he opens rivers over you today. He is like a wind. He is a wind that breathes life into you. He is oil. He is oil that anoints you afresh today. He is wine. He is wine that he fills you with his holy wine. As we heard Sue saying before, it's a mark of royalty. It's a mark of strength. He fills you with his wine. He is a fire. 
He refines us and changes us with his fire. He is a dove and he sends the Holy Spirit today to come and to rest and to hover upon you. He is the unsung hero of our lives. He is the unsung hero of the church. He is the unsung hero of the world in which we live. I was thinking the other day, you know, we were 10 minutes away from going to war in the Middle East. But yet something happened. You know what? I don't know, but I think the power of prayer is an incredible thing across the face of the planet right now. And I only think sometimes on the other side of eternity will we see what prayer and the Holy Spirit have done together. He is the unsung hero across the world today. The Holy Spirit is kind and tender, yet strong and powerful. He carries the heart of the Father to the hearts of believers and continues to make Jesus real to us moment by moment and on a daily basis. Do we need him enough? church. Do you and I need him enough today? I need him. I need him more than what I even know that I need him, if that makes sense. Do we rely on him enough? Possibly not. Do you rely on him enough today? In Genesis 1, at the beginning of time, at the beginning of creation, we see the Holy Spirit brooding over the waters and there was darkness everywhere in acts we see again at the beginning at the birth of the church the holy spirit again visits people and changes the face of the church it changes everything when the holy spirit comes and baptizes the the 120 people up in the upper room you see, that there's that initial infilling at salvation, which re-engages our heart back to God. But then there is a second infilling called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 2, we read about that, a rushing, a violent wind comes into the upper room and tongues of fire settled upon people. And the Bible says it literally dispersed across, they parted, the fire parted and settled on people's lives. And it says, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if we remember that scripture that we read, John baptized you in water, but Jesus said, but there is one greater that is coming, the Holy Spirit, who will baptize you in fire. Where the Holy Spirit is, he will bring you life, both at the start He brought new life at the start of the earth. And in the New Testament, he brought new life to the church and and ushered the church into a whole new journey, which was to reach the gospel, reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, there's an Abrahamic covenant where God spoke to Abraham and he said, I blessed you to be a blessing so that the nations of the earth can understand who God is. But friends, there is a greater blessing. It is called the cross. It is called redemption for all of humanity. 
and that Holy Spirit has come upon us, we are now the sons, the spiritual sons and daughters of Abraham. And we are anointed to do what was asked of the natural children and descendants of Abraham, to take the gospel into the four corners of the earth so that all of the earth can see that the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and us is alive and well today. Amen. In Acts 1 again, it says this, you will receive my power and my ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Can the musicians come this morning? You know, as I, as I move around New South Wales and into ACT, I have conversations with Christians that say to me, you know what, I really want the power of God to move in my life. I, I want to see signs and wonders and miracles. And I, I, totally, I totally believe in this. I believe that God is active in his church and we have not seen anything yet. But that we, are, we have not seen the miracles and the, the fullness of this whole part of our, of our faith and our, and, our, and our Christianity. But you know, I can categorically tell you without any exception that I have never seen the power of God turn up in my life like it has since I committed to the second part of this verse. You see, Jesus says, He said this, He said, you will receive my power and my ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Judea and Jerusalem and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You see, friends, the Holy Spirit was not meant for to sit in this building. The Holy Spirit was not meant just to make us feel amazing. And that, of course, He's a comforter. He's oil, He's water, He's wine, He's a wind, He's beautiful. But He is not on mission just for us. He is on mission to radically transform the face of the world through us. You know what, friends? If the church, when we, if we wanna see the miraculous power of God, if we wanna see the fire of God, we wanna see miracles, we wanna see healings, and that's part of who God is. We wanna see dead men rising and women. And I believe we're gonna move into that. It's part of the call of God for the church is to overcome and see, see all these types of miracles. But friends, he rides upon a mission. And that is the mission of the evangelization of the world. And I can tell you personally, I see my greatest miracles when I'm on mission. I see healings when I'm on mission. I see revival, I see lives engaged. I see incredible things happen when I'm on mission. I see God orchestrate things that are beyond my human understanding when I'm on mission. And this morning in this service, there are two different services and the Holy Spirit's taken it on two different tracks. But I tell you what, what He wants to say to this is, get on mission with Him. And then you'll see Him move and you'll see His power and you'll see His glory and you'll see Him do incredible things. Amen, church. God wants to back you with everything He has. Now, I love that about God. He doesn't say go and then He says bye. He says, go, and I'm right with you. He is a great friend, and He doesn't abandon us.
Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your Holy Spirit. We thank You for the power of God that's here this morning. We thank You that You are speaking. You are wrestling. You are speaking. There are people in this meeting, and I, I just can't shake what the Holy Spirit's saying, but there are, people, there are people in this meeting and you're literally like Jacob. You've seen it. You've seen God ascending and descending. And now you're wrestling with God in this meeting. And it's like God saying, just, just, just give up already. And it's like God's been wrestling for so long over your life. And it's like God saying, how long? Will this have to go on? Because it's like God's holding on to you because He won't let you go because He loves you. He won't let you go because He doesn't want to see you lost because you've got He's got a plan on your life. He's got a plan for you. He's got a destiny for you. Jacob, he went out and become, he was one of the sons of Israel. And there's people in this room and you're a son and you're a daughter of His church. And God is wrestling, 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 wrestling with you. It's like the Holy Spirit saying, just give up and trust me, will you, with what I have for your future. Just trust me. And I will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine in your life. You think God means minus, but God says He means plus. He is a God of blessing and a God of multiplication. And He will always do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine in your life. Just trust Him. Young man, God's got His hand on your life. God loves you. You're counting the cost. And God knows it. And God respects you for it. God says, you keep counting the cost. You keep counting the cost. You keep going on a journey with God and with the Holy Spirit and He's going to lead you and He's going to show you the things that you need to know. There's been things that have happened to you that have hurt you deeply and troubled you deeply. God says, I know. But God says, you can't take what happened into your future. You can't take what happened to um, the place where God is because it's not who He is. And God says, if you, if, as you just trust Him, it's like a whole new world's going to open up to you, young man. A whole new world that you haven't experienced before. It's like, just put your hand in God's hand and walk with Him. There's been things in your life that have tried to pull your hand out of the hand of God. And God has fought for you. God has kept you. God has protected you and He's hedged you around about and He's allowed certain things to come in, but He hasn't allowed everything to come at your life. So God says, will you trust me? Will you hold on to me? Will you journey with me? And as you do, you're going to see just how beautiful He really is. Just how beautiful He really is. Ma'am, yeah, you've got the lovely, gorgeous earrings. Yeah, you. God's got His hand upon you and your family and your children's children. God's promising you generations. Before you, there were none. 
and there was heartbreak. I don't know you, I don't know anything about you, but I see generations will rise up. And this is your husband, is it? Generations will rise up and call you blessed. Blessed. God has blessed you to be a blessing. God will watch over what you watch over. There is a fight in you that is tenacious. You have fought, but God says you have not. You have fought naturally, but God says I have called you and you fight in the spirit realm as well. God says you keep fighting in the spirit realm because things are giving. Things are giving. Build your house with wisdom because many are gonna be the people, ma'am, and sir, that come and live within your house. Your generational blessing is not just a natural generational blessing, says God. It is a spiritual generational blessing. There are family members that are not with you right now, but God says, He's working. I'm not just talking about, they're not even in this country, but God is working. God is moving and deliverance and freedom is coming. What curses and stuff that was put over your life is not working. It's not working. You think it is, but God says it's not. Does that make sense to you, ma'am? Sir? Bless you. God, even though you've walked through the valley of the shadow of death, God says, fear no evil, for I am with you. My rod, my staff, they comfort you. God says, I have prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Addictive substances, the power of it's broken. In Jesus' name. It's broken. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, ma'am, God loves you. God is going to give you a spirit of joy for a burden of, of mourning. God is going to lift the grief, the anguish, the pain. It's going to give you a new release of the Holy Spirit upon your life. You've cared and cared and cared. God says, now you. Rise up, God says, with new strength and new authority. God has victory in His heart for you. It may not come how you think it will, but it's going to come, God says. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you. You guys, who are you? you are you, is this your mum and dad? Are you, are you with your mum and dad? Are you, these are both your sons? You are sons of this house. You will always be sons of this house. God says, make your home here. Make your home here. God loves you. You've got, you are good boys. You know, God's hand is upon you. God rests upon you. He loves you. He believes in you. There is an openness and a softness in your heart. You're a pastor. You care. You care. And you wonder why you care. And you've asked God, why do I care? God says you care because there's a pastoral mantle upon your life to care for the unloved, to care for the broken, to care for the hurting, to care for the lost, and to care for the destitute. 
God says there is an anointing upon you. He has called you and raised you up to bring oil and bandages and healing to those that are in pain. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you because He has anointed you to preach and He has anointed you to share the gospel. You carry that prophetic anointing that the enemy's been after. And I would encourage you, don't let him take you out. You fight. You fight for what's yours in God because I'm telling you what, he's not a God of zero minus. He's a God of the plus and the multiplication, the blessing over your life. And you are called to be wealthy. God's gonna give you ability to generate wealth. Seriously, as you ask God, he's gonna give you ideas. You're a leader and you, you're gonna have good ideas. You just need to stay on track with him. I tell you, God's gonna drop things into your heart and you're gonna end up finding yourself in front of people at the right time, the right place, giving you the right things that you need to make significant contributions to people around about you. You think, no, even now in your head, you're thinking, no, but I'm telling you the Holy Spirit's saying yes. He's, he's your river right now. And He's rushing through your life right now as I'm speaking to you. And what He's doing is He's pushing out residue and He's rushing through your heart and He's saying to you, actually, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. This is me. And he's rushing into your life because He loves you, man. I don't even know your name, but He believes in you. And you're a good man. You've got a good heart. And your mom is beautiful. She served us and I thought, oh, I really like you. I don't know your dad, but I'm sure he's just as nice. <laughs> You're working on him. Yeah, they are, good family, good family. If you're an elder in a, or a board member in this church, I just wanna say prophetically to you, I hope you don't mind me, because I just, just, a, just a different freedom. Is that all right? There is an anointing. I just spoke to Pastor Hillary and Pastor um, Dash. You know, you're gonna transition. There's a transition going on. Just keep transitioning with the Holy Spirit. Just allow faith, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God to lead you and let God go. Let God be released and He will always, always come through in and through your life. There are so many beautiful young people in this room and I'm gonna take time to prophesy over all of you. You're creative, you're gifted and God's gonna use it. You count yourself out, baby girl. You count yourself out quietly and you voice it. And God says, I have not counted you out. God says, I count you in. God wants you to pursue the passion that's in your heart. There's something in your heart that wakes you up, that gets you up, that you believe in and that you're passionate about. God says, you go for it, run after it and use it for God's glory. Are you two sisters? Of course you are. What the enemy intended for evil, God is turning it for the good. The things that you've been through, God says He will use it in you and through you to see many, many people come to faith. You have an evangelistic anointing upon both your lives. You will preach and you will open your mouths and speak and things will change and people's lives will be completely changed. God will give you authority over strongholds and things in people's lives. I see you in particular, you'll walk into rooms and literally demons will flee 
over people's lives. You are a tenacious woman of God. Don't let anyone crush that tenacious strength. You are sweet, gentle, and you hold the oil that you walk, you two will do a lot together. You will pour out an oil on people's lives and hearts that will bring total healing and total restoration. Just follow Him. God has plans bigger and greater than what you could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Your diligence will open up doors for you. Your faithfulness and your diligence to detail and preciseness will open up doors for you. Your diligence and your preciseness will be no She's even taking notes as I'm talking to her. <laughs> your diligence and your preciseness will make room for you. you. You can look at me, sweetie. I see you amongst incredibly intelligent people bringing and delivering strategies and plans with great diligence and great strength and great courage. God says just keep doing what you do. Keep working hard because in this diligence and in this season of digging deep, God's going to make a way for you. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Sweetheart, God wants you to keep rising above like up like God's literally going to take your life and go, here we go, you can do this. And then you can do this. And then you can do this. And then you can do this. You feel like you're down here, but God says you're here. You want to put your, but God's, God's going to keep challenging you to move forward and move up and keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. God's saying to you, the sky's the limit if you'll just trust Him. God's going to bring incredible people around you that are going to help you in that journey. You have a kind, generous, forgiving heart. And you will win many people over to the love of God because of that. What's your name? Kate. Kate. Beautiful name. What's your name? Alice. Alice. Beautiful name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just pray that you continue. I'm going a bit later. Is that okay? We've got a bit more flexibility here. Holy Spirit, we love you. And we thank you for your graciousness and your goodness to us. Father, we love you. We ask that you'd reign afresh upon us. Thank you, Jesus. What's your name, darling? You thought I forgot you, didn't you? <laughs> Ebony, the ride has been difficult. And it's been long. And God knows. But it's like God standing in this river that you've been caught up in and it hasn't been generated by you and God understands that. And you felt like you go down, then you come up and then you go down and then you come up. But God says to you, if I, I've got the boat right alongside you. Please just jump in. And the Holy Spirit understands and He wants to vindicate you. He wants you to know that He knows and it's all that matters. And He says, I know you know, now jump in the boat. Because the river you find yourself in is not a river that you wanted to be in. And it's not a river that you thought you would be in, but it was a river that you found yourself in by default. God understands the journey from where you were to the river. And God says, 
don't worry about people not understanding the journey to where you were, where you are now. He says, just get in the boat with me and let me take you to the shore and walk you back. Listen, where God wants to take you back to is not where you were. God has new things planned for you and God wants you to walk with Him to the new thing. Because where you left was very painful and God knows that. God understands. God loves you. And He gets it. Not everyone gets it, but He does. And He wants you to know this. So, jump in the life raft. Get to the shore. Then walk with Him. Because you're not going back where you came from. You think in your heart you're going back to less than. God says, no, 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 that's not who I am in your life. Because I've seen your heart. I've seen that you love me. I've seen that you talk to me. I've seen that you still engage me in your life. He said, you haven't lost ground with me. The Holy Spirit says, I'm just taking you forward down the river that's a far better place, that's warm, that's loving, that's accepting. And, and, and it's a place where you can, you'll be amazed at the beautiful place that He's prepared for you. God loves you. God believes in you. Your future is exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine. Align your heart with the right man. Because as you do, the goodness of God will flow out of your life. Exceedingly abundantly above, God is going to bless you. Now, I don't know, you've got to know I know nothing, but I know this. God has an incredible man for you that is above <laughs> and beyond. Seriously, what you could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine, and He is going to bring out the beauty in you. He is not going to drain you. He is not going to exhaust you. You are not going to be fighting in, with Him. Your heart is going to grow with Him. Your heart is going to explode with the goodness of God, with Him. Align your heart with the right one, says the Lord. This is the word of God to you. Because not because he's wanting to, he's wanting to vindicate you here, but he's also wanting to bring you into the fullness of everything he has for you. Listen, what's your name again, honey? Who? Ebony, because he loves you. Bottom line, finished, done, dusted. He loves you. He loves you, He loves you, He loves you. Loves you. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He loves you, Ebony. Like ducks love water, like hot chocolate loves marshmallow, like kiwis love rugby, like Lee, Leon loves soccer. He, uh, Lewis loves soccer. He loves you. And your mum and dad love you. This church, I'm sure they love you. Beautiful girl. There's a creative gift on you that God's going to use. You're a prophet. You're called to prophesy. Where is that other prophet that I picked out? You. Who was it? Someone. You're prophetically anointed with the gifts of God, creatively. We love you, Holy Spirit. We're really going over time. <laughs> Let's just stand together, church. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come afresh. Yes. 
God, we love you. We believe in you. You are wonderful. Oh, Holy Spirit, I do love you. You have been good to us and you are faithful. And I'm so thankful for your faithfulness to me today. Couldn't do it without you, but you're totally here. You're totally here. And when you do something, God, everything changes. Oh, Father, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come fill us afresh. You might be here this morning just feeling that tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. Just open up your heart. Or you might be feeling a peace. Or just the love of God just embracing your heart. You know He's here. Something's happening in your life. Just don't, just let Him come. Just lift up your hands to God. If you can just sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus or you're away from God, you're not in relationship with Him. You've never, or you've never been in relationship with Him. We're just going to pray this prayer, and I want you to pray this prayer with me, if you would. And could the church, could you all pray with me as well? Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I acknowledge that Jesus came, that He died on the cross for me, and because He died and rose again on the third day. I have peace with God. I admit and confess that I have tried to live my life without you. I ask you now, Jesus, to forgive me. Come and be the Lord and Saviour of my life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or the hundredth time. I'd love you to find a leader or a pastor after the service and speak with them, please, if you would. Because I know this church is all about helping you in your journey. But if you're here this morning and you're sick or you have a disease, you've been diagnosed with something and you know that you believe in God for miracles in your body, I want you to I want to pray for you. But if you could come and stand on my left hand side, you're right, and you're right. But if you're here this morning, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We talk about that. We talk about that initial infilling, which comes at conversion. We accept Jesus Christ, and then that, that second, what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit falls upon us, and we speak in an unknown language that helps us in our prayer life. It gives us strength, and it helps us to engage in a level of prayer that we don't experience outside of that baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come and stand here on my right, your left, and I want to pray for you and I know the team will pray as well for you to be baptised in the Holy Spirit or if you want a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit I want you to come I want you to come because you know we need the Holy Spirit more than what we've ever needed Him you know we need to have a fresh dependence on Him this morning so if that's you as the musicians play and sing I want you to come come and stand up the front and we're going to pray and we're going to believe for God to do miracles in His house this morning Amen Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.